Hi, guys. Welcome back to Into the Light, a different life story with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another great day. I've got Tessa Hopman with me. And Tessa is a woman who has been down and out. And she found her strength through God and is nowadays on a mission to actually assure that other people can transform. But transformation is not something straightforward. Transformation happens only if you take action. And you can't take action to help others. You need to take action to help yourself first. And that message is so true. And because of that beautiful, beautiful concept that we all need to hear, I'm so grateful that I've got Tessa on my show. Welcome to my show. Thank you so much for having me, Stefan. It is a wonderful thing for a person to be touched by God. And I have not had this experience yet. Um, so that is hopefully something that is to come in the future for me. But tell me, how was that experience for you? I mean, were you always a religious person? Were you, were you brought up in religion and it was second nature to you? Mm. No, no, not at all. Um, I was raised up a, I call it a Christmas Catholic. We would go to a church once a year at the Christmas midnight mass. Um, and we would watch the story about Jesus and that's it. We'd shake hands and that was, that was it. We believed in God, but we didn't understand God, who he was, his heart or have a relationship with him. And you know, growing up the way I did, my uh, parents being absent, workaholic father, mother took off. I didn't get any attention at home. So what do you do as a girl? If you don't get attention at home, you're going to find it someplace else. So I grew up in actually a very self-destructive way, very far away from God with potting, drinking and finding or searching for love in all the wrong places. So when I finally did meet God, when I was, um, 17 and I went to America for a year where I did a um, student or high school experience year. I'm from the Netherlands and it's the craziest thing happened. I was in this church and like, like you never been touched by God, but this girl walked up to me and she put her hand on my shoulder and she just started speaking the things that I was thinking right there in that church that, you know, God could never love a person like me because I was, used goods I or the boat was already gone for me you know it's too late I was a dirty sinner I've had sex you know what he doesn't want a person like me and and she just spoke so much love into me and she spoke God's heart into me that you know he doesn't see any of those things he sees my spirit and that I'm perfect in my spirit and all my fears and worries she spoke to never met the person in my life so I just knew that that was God speaking to me because she couldn't have Googled me. I wasn't, I wasn't online back then. So yeah, that, that for me was proof. But you know, the thing is God is very much a gentleman. So to get proof is one thing, but then it's still your decision. And as we um, have this conversation, you'll see I'm all about taking responsibility, taking action. And in faith, it is the same thing. We need to choose to accept Jesus into our life and make him Lord and Savior. It's a choice. It's something we we say and choose to believe. So that was my first step. And it didn't make me Christian or perfect by a long mile because I went back to the Netherlands in the same old life, spent years away from God again. So, so definitely not um, 
brought up in a Christian home. My Christian journey has been many ups and downs. So, so yeah, <laughs> long story short, no, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I had to experience and choose God and then choose him over and over again as I stumbled through life. And I guess that's that's our path, isn't it? Uh, we we always think we know best. We know better, <laughs> especially when you're a young person. You try to stretch your wings and you try mm-hmm. to, to yeah, just kind of know it all. Well, I certainly was. And yeah. an arrogant prick I was. Um, uh, uh, yes, and you make choices that are probably not so nice. Um, so for me, I mean, you were mentioning the alcohol and potting and things like that. And I mean, Mariana uh, in the Netherlands at that time, uh, legal. So, you know, were you a coffee shop girl or were you a uh, more alcohol girl? No, 100% alcohol because um, I can't I can't smoke for the life of me. Um, my mom smoked. I'm actually allergic. As soon as I smell smoke, I get horrible headaches. Uh-huh. It's just absolutely disgusting. I had to do it once. We did a... Um, shoot in school about, um, I don't know the English word, but about people wanting to belong to a group. And I had to take like one puff and I just actually vomited afterwards. No, so I was the alcohol girl, tasted much better. (laughs) Fair call, fair call. And and no cookies and no, because I mean, people are getting very good in, in using Mariana in other ways. And vaping was not around at that time, but uh, certainly um, I had some very memorable um, sweets, so to speak, um, Mm. in Netherlands. Um, And for those of you who are listening in and who didn't know what a coffee shop was, um, similar to to a nice, nice place where you can order uh, a number of of different coffees or a number of different cakes. It's the same with Mariana uh, in the Netherlands, where you go into this very nice, beautiful, like like a cafe, um, go in there and say, yes, I would like a bit of that there. Thank you very much. Or if you're not a smoker, then there's nice biscuits and things like that. Um, that will do pretty much the same thing. Um, yeah. So and that is all legal. And it is actually, it's a beautiful thing. I've never seen a fight in a coffee shop, that's for sure. I've seen many fights in a bar. So there's, there's a lot to be said about that. But here you go. So that was your background. You you didn't get attracted to that crowd. But alcohol is is ubiquitous everywhere in Holland, in, in Germany. Uh, you can, I mean, it's just it's part of life, isn't it? Mm. Same for you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's a part of life. It's again, it's choices. We we crave certain things in our lives. Um, and those are, those are called shadow values. We all have them and we crave certain things, if, whether it's attention, belonging, control, we all have them. And, and when we don't know about them, we fulfill them in disempowering ways. For me, it was partying, to be seen, you know, get attention and then to, to sleep around, to get the love and affection that I didn't get. Um, but if I knew back then, I could have chosen empowering ways to feel like I belong somewhere, to get attention, you know. But what we don't know, we don't know. So, so I, I did what was in front of me. Were there people who tried to guide you in a good way? And what was your reaction to them? Um, no, I wouldn't say people were guiding me. I think um, I grew up in a very on a very small island and there wasn't that much to do. So um, like the soccer club and going mm. out to bar and drinking was pretty much all that was. Mm. So it was quite a toxic environment. So with, with no parents there, no real like older brothers in my life, um, no, there wasn't really a role model. So I had to stumble my own way through until I went to America and I actually 
got to the church and people showed me that there is a better life. Mm. Um, and again, they were far from perfect because there's a huge problem with condemnation and judgment in the church. Um, but at least I saw a, a ray of hope in, in God and, and in the happiness and hope and, and for belonging that people found with him that mm. I had never experienced before. And you draw a really good line there because that was my, the same of my experience. Um, I think once upon a time I was in the YMCA and we was very Christian. We read the Bible and I thought, what a baloney. And it didn't ring true. That was 14. And then, you know, you, you from now on then you end up in church going for some reasons to some celebrations. And God, when you listen to the people around you, oh, look, look look what dress she wears. I'm sure she wore it last Sunday. And it's that that kind of talk. And you think, you're a Christian? Sorry, I'm more Christian than you. Bugger off. Um, so no, therefore, church and me never went well. But yeah. I nowadays learned that, hang on, there is, there is a lot of good in people and Christianity can bring that out. So no, that's, that's cool. And like you, I didn't end up with any guidance. So you make it up yourself. And as you quite rightly say, we are very good in, in the immediate uh, pleasure and the, the distraction and the, mm, just the instant going, gratification. Eh? Isn't it? And it was then as bad in the 80s as it is now for, for, for people. Everyone wants it now. And yeah. So there was this on and off love relationship with Jesus Christ. Cool. Mm. When it was the off season, um, <laughs> you what were you doing actually? What was your job then? You left school. What happened to you? So, and I have to say this very clearly: when when it's on and off, it is us that pull away. You know, he he never leaves. And, and in the moments, you know, every now and again, I could still hear or see his influence, but I was hiding because I felt like, oh, you know, I messed up again. I can't ever measure up. I'll just give up on this whole thing and go back to what I know. So when I went back to um, the Netherlands being done with school, I actually graduated twice, once in the Netherlands, one, once there. Um, I just went back to what I knew and I didn't want to go straight back to school because I was thinking about studying in, in America and going back. So I did the same. I worked in the bar I used to work. Uh, I started, um, I worked in my dad's restaurant again, um, hang, hung out with the same people. So nothing changed. But there was a seed in me. So my spirit changed and it was alive now. So I didn't fit in as much anymore and it started to rub. So even when um, I then went off to university and did um, hospitality management, because that's what I knew, um, that seed just started to grow and I started really not belonging in the student association I belonged to. I mean, I was part of the bar committee. Again, that's what I knew. But it was just, I was so counter that culture. I was rubbing with people who, you know, were forcing me to drink. And I was like, oh, no, I don't actually feel like it. I would rather, you know, stay at home or have a good conversation, read a book. Um, so when I went to South Africa in 2013 as part of my uni internship, that is when I finally started going back to church and when things slowly, um, you know, God came back into my life and things started to um started to make sense like I started hearing more about you know what what I was created for how God saw me but um very very long process very long because when you're so in in the world and and when you have 
have so much guilt and shame, partly as you said, you know, put on you by the church who loves to judge and condemn. They're just as imperfect as, as you and I. Mm. Um, when you feel so unworthy and so worthless, it takes a very, it doesn't have to take a very long time, but I couldn't really accept that unconditional love that I was wrapped in his righteousness and that I, that my that I was white as snow and that I was clean you know I was like yeah I hear all that but in the natural you know I'm still trying to get attention like by sleeping around and it there was a different reality so what I was reading and understanding wasn't my reality so that was very difficult to to come to terms with and of course, we again, we all try to know better. I mean, you would have been now in your 20s and uh, thinking, no, 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 I'm a woman. I know what I'm doing and I'm proud of it. And you get all these, these kind of interesting thoughts coming into your head. Um, but uh, I think sometimes you don't hear the messages that you want to hear or ought to hear. And however beautifully they are phrased uh, at the time we just don't want to hear that so you know 95 percent of alcoholics will tell you hand on heart there is nothing wrong with me okay hmm. denial is yeah. a key thing about what an addict will bring out so hmm. however much you want to help them if they're not willing to take the help then there is no hope in hell so therefore i guess to a certain degree that your story sounds a little bit like that and and i know that your story that your life was not so happy at one stage you sort of uh, your your life sort of spiraled out of control are you happy to talk about that a bit yeah yeah of course so it was actually in my time in south africa where i was hearing all these things in church but then still my life outside didn't change. I was still, you know, going out, sleeping around. And, and the messages of the world and of the Bible are so counterculture that you have to choose which one you're going to listen to. Because if you listen to both, you're just going to get end up getting so confused and so lost. So I was still, you know, listening to the same songs that told me it's all right to sleep around, you know, we're just the same as guys and have some fun and you only live once. Girls just want to have fun. And then there's this um, message, you know, from God that he wants more from us and that he doesn't want us to sleep around. And I didn't understand at that point that he wanted that for my heart. Because every time that I would sleep around with somebody, I was now falling in love, head over heels, because, you know, that's what a girl does. And this guy just didn't want that. So every time uh, my heart got broken. So like you're saying, it was spiraling out of control where I heard all these messages, but also kept listening and kept wanting to be in the world and find, and like you're saying, you know, you know better. So like finding it your way, doing it my way, and I was going to make it work. And at one point it just all came crumbling down because I felt so dirty and worthless and just literally a waste of space when there was another heartbreak, you know, when the guy who said he loved me ended up knocking up some other girl and now going, having a, um, having a life with her. And I was just, I was over it. So I said to my friend, listen, to be honest, I don't think anybody is going to miss me and I'm just a waste of space. So I just want to say goodbye. And I was going to end my life. So that it was the low point that I was at. And I think if you, you've convinced yourself that you're just a waste of space, then there's not much more people can tell you, like you're saying, you know, then you just don't want to hear it or you can't hear it. So 
I don't know how or what God used to grab me. I can't remember, but I didn't go through with it. And from that point, I started slowly climbing out of that, realizing that I had to choose whether I'm going to walk the ways of the world and try and chase what everybody else is chasing, you know, money, fame, fortune, whatever, or I can start focusing on God, how he sees me and how he um, says I should live my life and see what the results are from that. So that's what I decided to do, to just try and, and listen to him for, for a change instead of doing it all on my own. When you were at this low point, the friend that you that you wanted to say goodbye to, what mm -hmm. was her or his reaction? She was shocked. And um, we spoke about this a couple of years later because I write about this and she read one of my posts and she said, you know, I never knew that you were at that low point. And she mm -hmm. felt guilty that she didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if I look back at it, It just just self-pity. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I do not like that person. I was just so caught up in myself that I couldn't see that there were so many people around me that loved me, that cared for me. But I was so wrapped up in myself and and you know, these broken relationships, or whatever, that I couldn't see the bigger picture. Um, so obviously it was never her fault, but um, you know, she mm. was shocked because she could see the bigger picture. She could see that I was loved, that I had friends, that her and her family loved me, and I was second, like I was family to them. Mm. So yeah, she she couldn't believe it. But sometimes we make ourselves believe the craziest things. Oh, please. There's a beautiful saying don't choose a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And if you can just get that message out there, it's mm -hmm. so, so, so important. Because when you're at that point, it is darkness. It is so dark. It is, you don't see any way out. You, mm. you don't see any hope. You don't see the helping hands. You don't see the people. On the contrary, somehow your, your, your mind tries To, to put their help as negative, as nagging, as, as oh, they're bad people. They want me to change my life. How dare they? Well, they dare because they love you. And, but you can't see that. You can't see that. This is, uh, I, I remember, um, I remember end of the story. That is, these were not nice times. There was a lot of anger in me at that time. How did anger and resentment play a role for you? Or was it pure down and out? No, no, I think, uh, and Tony Robbins says something beautiful about this. I think when you grow up in a situation that's less than ideal, um, or at least what I did, as I blamed that situation mm. and I blamed my parents for the things that I was going through, you know, I blamed their lack of attention for me going out and doing these things. And Tony Robbins says something beautiful that really stuck with me. He says, if you blame them for the bad, you better damn well also blame them for the good. And when <laughs> I made, you know, when I made that click, uh, so, and that wasn't then, but when I made that click later, I'm like, he's so right. Because if I wouldn't have been, I mean, I was in charge of the household when I was 12, I was cooking, cleaning, you know, um, I was at home by myself. So, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't be so outspoken. I wouldn't be so strong. And I would be a normal kid who grew up with, you know, a happy family and had no need to step up. So when he started saying that, it made sense. But at that point, no, I was, 
blaming. I was I was angry with my 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 mom and my dad for you know not being there for us. I was oh I was so stuck in self pity, and and that that is the pits. Being stuck in self pity is just ugly. And now looking back, I'm like oh people must have thought well, what is she thinking? But yeah, now back then I was throwing myself pity parties left right and center. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in one, and I don't know how many years that party lasted. Um, it is—it's bizarre. Seven years ago, I ended in rehab, and and my transformation started with a big catalytic kind of event, so to speak. And in my recovery, and in—I don't want to call it recovery—I I live a, such a beautiful life. But from now and then, from now and then, there are days that I just want to curl up. I want to be back. This bloody world. And uh, I maybe allow myself three, four hours of pity party, but hell, I certainly don't enjoy it. And it's just, but it is something that that we realize that from now and then we feel like that. And uh, do you still get moments like that? Or yeah, is, 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, How do you deal with it? Planning. Hey? How do you deal with it when these moments come? Well, I speak to God and, you know, a lot of people think and have grown up in religious churches, whereas you had bad experience with as well. And people think that God is this angry God that's so high above us, you know, but he's actually right with us and he wants a intimate relationship with us. So um, we are currently planning our wedding and obviously with COVID and we had um, my fiance's mom pass away and my dad has Alzheimer's and lost stages. So there's a lot of like, we really want this perfect day and I've been dreaming about it for years and we can't get that. So at this point I got really angry and I was like, and I went for a walk and I was angry with God and I told him that. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm angry with, with you taking this from me. And I just vented because we can actually vent to him because he already knows all the emotions that are going on inside of us. So we don't have to be afraid to bring that. And it's beautiful when, when you do that, and then you actually so quiet yourself so you can hear what God has to say. The things that came back, you know, he's saying it's that he has nothing to do with that. He's only good and he wants good for our lives. And, you know, he says in a loving way, but like, he's kind of asking like, how's this pity party going for you? Like, are you getting anything out of it but negative energy? So usually by the time I finish my 45 minutes, I feel so much better. Listen, I've had my cry, I've had my rant but I do it to the right person because if you go do that to another negative person who's also on a pity party, you're not going to get out of it because they're going to give you all the reasons to get stuck in it. So for me, I, I talk to God and he usually knows best or he always knows best. <laughs> the other thing, of course, being a bit more scientific, the, the way you talk to your God, you actually formulate words. You actually put, bring things out and the, the way uh, if you if you literally talk to God, actually, if you literally spell it out somewhere in the forest, why the hell did you do that? Tell me, etc. Suddenly your ears hear these words that your brain has formulated and you think, mm -hmm. huh, interesting. When you hear yeah. your own words or when you read your own words, once you have written them down, when you were journaling or when you were actually doing another form, a diary, etc. It is sometimes amazing when I do that and I get this feedback and think, now that's a heap of shit um, <laughs> that you've just written down. 
look at it. Just look at it. And 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 that is the end of the pity party. Um, yeah. That's the end of, of immediately other thoughts come in and say, well, actually, shouldn't you be grateful because of that, etc. Mm -hmm. And then you think, well, actually, yes. So there you are. That is already you're taking action and you're you're taking action by formulating your words and having a word with this guy up there or girl mm -hmm. up there. Is it a guy or a girl in your head? I don't think an energy has a gender. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> I like that. No, no, I just, I just had to throw it in, um, <laughs> and I mean it because I'm, I'm an, as I said, I'm a humanist. So, so therefore, it is, it is. What are we talking about here? But I love to to banter around with you. But also, these are these are honest questions that, that maybe some of my my viewers have equally come through their head. And so you might as well raise it here. I've got I've yeah. got you there, in, and you are so beautifully living your your belief in your beliefs, and you're using them to empower yourself to empower others, and that is a skill that is ah. Oh, so beautiful. So there you were at your lowest point. And that was what, three, four years ago? Was that about right? Mm, no, I'd say so. I, I've had another point in my life where I wasn't living my purpose that, that made me depressed. But this point was in about 2014. So was yeah. that about seven years ago? Yeah. Goodness, yeah. Same, same time frame as me. Okay. Oh. And then something stopped you going through with with suicide with harming yourself with hindsight you can't actually put your fingers on it what it was but something changed can you actually remember what changed and how what what was the first steps that you were trying to do to get yourself out that it's nice for us now and now i've got a, a laser sharp clarity but when you're just coming out of that, mm. I, I was so confused. And I was such mm. an empty shell in the first six months, 12 months, maybe. How did that feel for you? Well, think, looking back now, I would say, you know, we don't always understand why things happen to us. And sometimes we think they're bad things. So... I think the situation where I was in in South Africa just wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't constructive because I was still like in the same sphere of, of influence in that time. Um, so actually my visa got denied and I've tried so many times humanly possible. And I was in the Netherlands waiting for my visa to be approved and um, it got denied again. And my, my boss actually phoned me and he said, listen, while you're there, um, by the way, I can't afford these tickets anymore. So this is us. And you're uh, like, we're not going to continue this relationship. And so I was back in the Netherlands with no visa and nobody paying my ticket back. So that was the end of my story there. And I loved South Africa. I was convinced that it was my purpose to be there. And I mm. fell in love and it felt like coming home, even though I'm not South African. So I was absolutely heartbroken that now I had to live in the Netherlands where I had no real tie with, I didn't feel at home and I had to make do. So I just knew what I did where i how do I say that? I did what I knew what to do. So I went to church. Um, and then in that church, my focus shifted. 
it wasn't any longer on me. Um, it was on how can I serve. So I actually went on a mission trip. I cool. saw, you know, that people had nothing yet. They were happy, you know, they were they were believing in God, trusting God, and and I got to make such a change there. So I, and, and in South Africa, I was also changing lives, doing camps for underprivileged youth. And it was just so beautiful to see every time that you do something for others, you actually get a lot of happiness and insight in return. So it's just a, a slow shift of focus from just me to, you know, God, what do you actually want me to do for others? So I think that's where the progress or the process started. Beautiful. And I think that is the the thing you you take action, and the action leads to other things. It's amazing. It's it's that little snowball that is thrown in a mountain, and then suddenly that turns into an avalanche down the line. But it is if you start doing good, not for to get gratification, but just doing good, mm. karma or God or whatever it is will make sure that that comes in a roundabout way back to you. And that's, it sounds such a stupid cliche, but it is. And with every good thing I do, I feel a bit better. And it's like an armor that I'm putting on by doing good things. I can arm myself against the bad things that they are bouncing off me. I'm no longer tempted to drink to make myself feel better because I'm actually feeling quite good about what I've just done. Mm. And that might have been as simple as coming home and despite being tired, actually washing up. I'd say, yeah, mm. today I did the washing up. As simple as that, to do a chore that you didn't want to do. Um, that can be actually, huh, I did that. Okay, nice. And yeah. so it's beautiful taking action, going out there and doing little things but do them consistently mm. and suddenly you're changing suddenly you're becoming not bulletproof but you are you're getting stronger and therefore less vulnerable mm. you're getting more resilient at least that's that's what happened in my life mm. and i got very much talking to you now looking into your eyes there is a steely resolve there there is you are uh you are you know who you are. There is no more confusion there. Mm -hmm. And that is actually a beautiful, beautiful, in New Zealand we call it mana, a beautiful aura that is around you. That is that is a wonderful thing to, to see. Mm -hmm. So when did you do the jump from, okay, I'm actually a girl that is not hopeless, that is not helpless, and that is not a waste of space mm. towards, I'm actually a woman who is not an imposter. I'm a woman who is actually able to help others. What mm. made that change? What was the catalyst there? Well, it's a little twofold. So this season in the Netherlands really forced me to, to spend time with myself and mm. really, mm. you know, look at myself and like saying, realize it. I didn't really like the pity parties. I didn't think they were very attractive. Um, 
And and it was a process. We're always developing. You know, it isn't about we develop from glory to glory, and we're always um, growing into a better version of ourselves each day. If if we if we choose to work on right. ourselves, so right. so I did some of the groundwork there, um, and then New Zealand happened. It was a beautiful opportunity where I took an amazing plunge, and um, arriving here, there was a reality check where um, I knew I was created to have an impact. I knew I was created to change people's lives. And I saw little specks of it, a little bit in South Africa, a little bit in the Netherlands. And then I came here and I ended up working for a jet boating company, selling people rides to a boat that was never running, was always broken. And I was like, (laughs) to lie to these people to not give them the money back. And I was like, this can't be real. Like I know I'm, there's gotta be more to life. Like Stacey Orko's song, right? There's gotta be more to life. And I knew that. So having that tension and you know, if we get depressed, there's, it's actually nothing more than emotional tension. Mm. It's our, us not being in alignment. So our actions, our thoughts and, you know, what we actually want are not congruent. So my soul knew what it was created for to have an impact to change lives, but reality was that I was selling jet boat rides. So I just became, and I love it how the Bible says, you know, the soul is downcast, which actually represents um, the posture of a mourner. I like that better than depressed. I'm going to say my soul is downcast um, because I knew that somewhere inside of me, I knew that I wasn't on the right path. And um, I just became miserable. I was so emotional going, you know, on this emotional roller coaster from, I know I had to be had to be content in life because God gave me all these amazing things, an amazing man, an amazing new country, a good job. But I knew that I wasn't living my purpose. So that emotional tension of not being fulfilled and not walking my purpose, I was like up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> and I always joke that um, my partner at the time, I said even him farting would make me cry. I was just such a mess and I wasn't fun to be around. Um, well, that depends on his farts. Okay. There's yeah, some farts well, that make you cry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, sometimes they're not great. <laughs> um, but yeah, he sent me an email and said, Hey, listen, babe, I think um, this sounds like you, uh, where, where you can actually help people. Hmm. So I was like, I'll try it out. And it was a course to become a life coach. So through the process of, of learning, I had to ask myself these questions and try these tools on me and, mm. and, and do the inner work on myself. And that was the starting point of this amazing journey that I've been on the past, what is it, two years now, and I've never looked back. And And I can't even say that I'm the same person I am now that I was when I was at that point. It's just mm. night and day difference. So yeah, once you start going, beautiful things happen. And indeed, indeed, right, you're, you, because you're taking action. Mm. And it, it is as this kind of law of attraction. And bottom line is, if you start taking action, you actually start meeting other people who are taking action too. Yep. And you see, oh, oh, that's how it, oh, that worked. Oh, cool. Yeah. I tried that. And then suddenly you're a new, at a new bend in your path. And then a new opportunity to take action is developing in front of you. And so it goes. And so it goes. It is the most beautiful ride that is, uh, that we can be on if we just let ourselves experience the the opportunities and take them by their balls by their short and curlies just go out there and stop being afraid 
Stop mm. being afraid of what could possibly go wrong. And oh God, no, 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 I, 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 I really don't like that. Let me just have another bottle of vodka and just think about that for a bit. Bullshit, yeah. bullshit. Then what? Tomorrow you're not just anxious and uncertain and full of shame and guilt, but you're also hungover. Great. Hey, that's good. Let's have another meaningful sex evening where you think, oh, God. Yeah. No. Does that make really, does that make you fulfilled? No, it probably doesn't. Um, there is so much out there. And maybe, maybe one solution might be that you actually link up with people who maybe are in a place that you would like to be at. Mm. And I, I think by just looking into someone's eyes and listening to them for five minutes, you, you quickly find out where they are at. And mm. I mean, looking in your eyes, there is, there is a clarity there. There is a, there is a path that you have chosen that works for you. Mm. Will that work for everyone? Well, hell no, hell no. But, you know, in the absence of any other paths, <laughs> you know, um, maybe. And, and if, if some of the words that you've just sort of said here, if some of them were to ring a bell with, with the, our viewers, how can they actually get hold of you? How can they learn more about you? Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know how you do your show notes, but if there's people here listening who want to discover mm -hmm. what they are called to do, um, then I would love to give them um, the Discover Your Purpose workbook for people to work through. Mm -hmm. um, it will work if you're not, if you don't believe in God either. I mean, the tools that I use work for believers and non-believers. So um, if you want to use that tool, then definitely I can give you the link to that so mm. people can um, get that from me. Mm. And otherwise they can go to thevinedresser.com. So thevinedresser.com. Um, yeah, find me on my website or thevinedresser.nz on um, Instagram. That's right. Check out the uh, description of the YouTube show and of the podcast because all the things are down there. And whilst you're down there, please press that subscribe button. You would be silly not to. Come on. We are, we're having such fantastic guests. Today anyways. <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. So here you go. Press the subscribe button so that you get uh, regular updates of, of what is happening on my show, as well as other uh, goodies and, and things that are sort of happening around the show. Now, life is, life is too short. I have, I, I do appreciate that every single day as a doctor because every single day I meet people who thought, shit, I thought I had more time. Uh, that is such a common thing, such a common mm -hmm. theme. Um, and nowadays I have to say, yes, it is. Thank you very much. Maybe there is a God. Maybe, maybe God sends me all these messages there through these patients who say, I thought there was more time. And to actually take action to actually go out there and be the best man that I possibly can be. And I think one way or the other, it's it's beautiful to, to hear you, Tessa, going out there doing exactly the same thing. And you have got this guy walking by your side or girl or energy or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I'm really, really pleased for you. So it is, it's gorgeous that you have found Jesus Christ and that you're content and that with that, you have got this fountain of energy that uh, helps you to, to drive forward, which is beautiful. 
uh, uh, that was a wonderful, wonderful time I had this morning with you. Um, it is a, a very eye-opening thing to to hear someone speaking so honestly about uh, about your experience and your ability to go back and forth and see if if your own way works and it didn't a few times in your life and then <laughs> you had you had the, the religion to come back to and that saved your bacon more than once the way it sounds and that is really really beautiful so guys out there if 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 uh, tessa's words ring a bell then bloody hell get in touch i mean what could you possibly miss out on what could possibly go wrong Mm. And even if you had not previously considered God to be such a thing to be to be looking at or to to open your arms towards like me, then it is okay. Um, if you have another solution to help you out of the the rut, out of the the darkness that you are in, then please do so. But it's important that you start taking action that you start taking action, find people who are, who have been in the same boat as you are and find how they got, find out how they got out of that. Mm. And depression is such a common thing. I mean, our lifetime prevalence, that the chance of you having depression in your lifetime is one in three. Okay, this is, it's okay not to be okay. It's normal not to be okay. It's not okay not to ask for help mm. because that's so important. And uh, people like Tessa are out there uh, who are there to have that chat with you. And so if you child, please get in touch with Tessa. Absolutely. Tessa, I'm so grateful that you came onto my show. I'm very humbled. I'm honored. And it was beautiful to, to meet you and to hear your journey and how you are now helping others this if we can if we can plant more seeds like that my goodness maybe we could turn this world a bit around maybe mm. we could make this world a bit of a better place that's what we're believing for mm, absolutely so tessa thank you so much for coming on to my show you guys out there look after yourself stay strong hey bye <laughs>